0: 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is the K-1 Podcast.
1: Welcome to the K-1 Podcast, the first episode. I'm Kevin Zimmerman, joined by former ASU quarterback, quarterback guru Rudy Carpenter. Rudy, what's up? Are you excited to get this going?
0: Oh yeah, I think this is going to be a really good uh, really good podcast. We had a good time last year talking about Josh Rosen and his development um, and where where obviously that led him and, and, and ultimately talking about, you know, Last year we had Steve Wilkes. Last year we had Mike McCoy. We had Byron Leftwich come in. Obviously, we we had Josh Rose, and There were so many different storylines last year. Um, most of them were negative. So look, at least this year we can start out. It wasn't a win, but at least we can start out this year with some positive. And and uh, you know, game obviously ended in a tie, but there was some there was some very interesting things to to talk about in this game, and and uh, hopefully uh, the the listeners of this show will enjoy.
1: Now the. What we're trying to focus on is Kyler, since you obviously played quarterback for a long time, you've groomed some quarterbacks, Um, so we're going to try to stick there. Of course, we can't not talk about the offense, we can't not talk about the offensive line the receivers and that kind of stuff, but we're going to try our best to stick to Kyler. I want to take a few steps back and just talk to you about your opinion of Kyler Murray, the prospect, when he is coming out of Oklahoma, what you saw in that film, whatever you watched there, whatever you had... Coming into this first game and just kind of get the perspective, the broad perspective of what you think of him as a player. Well, I think it's interesting because the
0: the the Arizona Cardinals were in an interesting spot, having the number one overall pick. You know, when you have the number one overall pick, it's a it's a very valuable pick, obviously, and and it's a pick that that you you want to use on someone who can come in and make an instant impact on your team. And, and a lot of times, those picks are for the premier positions, quarterback. Defensive edge, uh, a pass rush specialist, something of that nature. And so, when you're the Arizona Cardinals, and you got the number one overall pick, and you just took a quarterback the year before at the tenth overall pick, and you traded some picks for him. The Cardinals were in a very difficult spot. You have a unbelievable athlete in Kyler Murray. You have a guy who was a first round pick in baseball. He became a first round pick in football. Somebody who people see as a once in a generation type athlete. And you have a coach in Cliff Kingsbury who's coached against Kyler. He's recruited Kyler. He's wanted to coach Kyler and help Kyler in his development for many, many years. And ultimately, I think Cliff Kingsbury came to the Arizona Cardinals with the agreement and or the expectation that Kyler Murray was going to be the guy, which meant you were going to have to get rid of Josh Rosen. So look, I think Kyler Murray is a is an interesting guy. He's a very he's a good athlete, he's explosive, he's a great runner, he's got good arm talent, he's accurate, he makes good decisions, he had an unbelievable year at Oklahoma. There's a lot of great things about Kyler Murray. I wasn't somebody that was in the you know mindset that you have to take Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick. And the reason why is it had nothing to do with Kyler Murray. It just had to do with the simple fact that I think Josh Rosen and I still do, is a capable quarterback. I think he's a guy that can develop and and can be a good player, especially in the kind of offense Cliff wants to run, which is designed around the passing game, getting the ball out of your hand, quick routes, shallow crosses, slants some play action passes, some explosive plays, and some deep shots. I thought that Josh can do all of that stuff. And if you kept Josh, it would give you the opportunity to draft wide receivers, to draft offensive linemen, to maybe take another defensive back, to maybe bring in some inside linebackers, to maybe bring in a a defensive tackle or two, something of that nature. Ultimately, the Arizona Cardinals chose to stick with Kyler Murray. And, and, And look, I think that that was a good choice considering what they're trying to do on offense. The other guys that they drafted, they've gone all in on the Cliff Kingsbury air raid offense. They obviously got Hakeem Butler. They got Kishan Johnson. They got... Uh Isabella. The, they yeah. got Danny Isabella, they got Christian Kirk, they got David Johnson, they got Larry Fitzgerald who played unbelievable yesterday. So they're all in on this team on the offensive side of the ball. They expect this offense to do well. They've positioned this roster to be offensive-centric. And so we're going to see you know how this offense develops. And I think in, in yesterday's game, there was a lot of really, really bad and there was some really, really good. And one of the things I talk about a ton, talked about it last year with, with Josh Rosen, In my opinion, as a quarterback, let's just get rid of all the other talking points. As a quarterback, if you have your team in position to win with four minutes to go in the game, in my opinion, you've done your job. Whether you threw six touchdown passes up until that point or six interceptions, if your team with four minutes to go in the game has a chance to win, you've given your team a chance and you've done your job. And ultimately,
1: Kyler Murray did that yesterday. Now we saw Kyler, obviously it was a tale of two halves or really three quarters and then a fourth quarter and an overtime where he just turned it on. Now Cliff Kingsbury said after the game, he said, I was too cute with the play calling. We just kind of had to scale it back and go do what we were good at and not over scheme basically is what he said against the Lions. He took the blame for it. I understand him wanting to be a leader, taking that pressure off Kyler and that's good. Do you actually think that what he was doing whether he, I'm sure he did change what he was doing but do you think that did affect Kyler or do you think Kyler was just having rookie first game because he he missed throws he had some overthrows overthrew Christian Kirk overthrew Larry Fitzgerald I mean did you see a different quarterback and do you think that how Cliff was calling it changed that for him and made well him-
0: I mean look I got to be honest with you um I when I was watching this, we were sold on the fact that bringing in Cliff Kingsbury was all about creating explosive offense and being creative and having a unique way of calling plays. I didn't see the same tempo in the game yesterday that you see from some of these colleges' offenses. Even when Cliff was at Texas Tech or when he was even at Houston or AM, the the tempo there is so much quicker. You can see in the NFL... It's just not like that. The refs are standing in the way, letting people get in and off the field. They're not allowing the snap. The the, the Cardinals weren't, you know, snapping the ball with 20 seconds on the play clock. The tempo wasn't the same. Now, they tried to increase the tempo, and it worked at times, especially late in the game. The Detroit Lions defense looked to be a little bit tired, but... I didn't see these gimmick plays. I didn't see the cuteness that he's talking about. I didn't see the creativity. What I saw a ton was a quarterback in Kyler Murray who's used to playing in Oklahoma with guys like Hollywood Brown running wide open down the field with 25 yards of space and throwing those guys' balls and letting them catch and run for touchdowns. And yesterday, we didn't see guys running wide open all over the field like we were kind of sold. What we saw was a typical NFL game. You saw a bunch of man coverage. You saw some pressures. You saw Kyler Murray have to move around and make some plays. And you saw a bunch of you know times where Kyler's throwing into one-on-one coverage with good coverage. And And, and you're expecting your quarterback to put the ball in a place where your receiver can make a play. And most of those plays are going to be contested catches. Now, what we saw yesterday was... We saw a couple times, Larry Fitzgerald especially, coming up with some contested catches, David Johnson making the contested catch in the end zone for a touchdown, but we saw a lot of balls that were overthrown. We saw a lot of balls that were thrown out of bounds. We saw a ton of throws where Kyler wasn't giving his receivers a chance to make a play on the football. Again, Kyler Murray last night, I believe, was 29 for 54, which puts him at like, I don't know, uh, just over 50%. Like 52% yeah. or something like that passing, and that's just not going to get it done. Now, the the thing is, is, yeah, he threw one interception. It was a really bad one. He should have either taken off and run or thrown the ball out of bounds, um, but... Look, he did a pretty good job in the turnover margin. He he had two touchdown passes. He completed a, a critical two-point conversion, which can be difficult to do in a tight, condensed space of the field. So, I thought there were some there were some good, you know, things that they did, um but ultimately It it just didn't seem like the offense was able to create opportunities and get guys open and and create those explosive plays that we've been used to seeing
1: from a Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray-type offense. One of the big things was just starting off the bat in Week 1, you don't have your starting right tackle in Marcus Gilbert. I think Justin Murray held his own for a guy who just showed up and who hasn't started an NFL game, but the offensive line is going to be an issue in the run game too. I mean, when you looked at it, they they held their own, but it's it's going to be a struggle. Do you think if if we take it back to Josh Rosen for a second, do you think Kyler Murray's explosiveness? Because I think his speed and really his acceleration is is holding up in the NFL from what it looked like it would be in college. Um, do you think Josh Rosen would survive behind this offensive line? Do you think it's that big of a difference? Well, look, this offensive line is obviously one of the weaker links on the
0: Arizona Cardinals team, and, and it showed yesterday. Um, look, they, they, they had, I think they had uh, 23, you know, rush attempts. They had 112 yards rushing. I think they averaged almost five yards a carry, which is not bad. Um, you know, this offense is going to be a, a, a pass oriented offense, as you can see, with 54 attempts. I understand that's an inflated number because they were down a lot of the game, and they also went into overtime. But there was a couple plays in this game that I think stuck out to me. And one of them was when, when I think it was Justin Pugh, I think, he essentially sacked his own quarterback. And, and one of the things that you see is when you have a quarterback like Kyler Murray, who is a guy who doesn't really play on time, he doesn't really anticipate throws, he's more of a creative guy who wants to create, run around, he's going to hold on to the ball a little bit longer than some other quarterbacks. It can be very difficult for an offensive line to protect. They're used to quarterbacks their entire career staying in the proverbial pocket within the tackle box, moving within that area. They're used, the offensive line I'm talking about is used to having a clock in their head. Like an alarm clock, it's 1-1-thousand, 2-1-thousand, 3-1-thousand, the ball's probably out. With Kyler, it's 5-1-thousand, 8-1-thousand, and he might still have the ball. So, you saw yesterday, I think I think it was Justin Py. I forget. Sweezy oh, the, yeah, yeah you're right. It was J.R. Yeah. Sweezy, you're right. J.R. Sweezy did a great job blocking his guy. He did a great job helping the tackle block his guy. And he was looking for work yeah. trying to make a play and ultimately ran into Kyler. And that's just something that's going to take some time getting used to, especially when they didn't get a bunch of those reps in the preseason. You can't, you can't manufacture that type of look or that type of situation in a practice when your quarterback's not live and he can't be hit. So there's going to be some things this team's going to have to work for work towards there was also some interesting things in the game too Kyler Murray running around kind of making some plays and a couple times he slid behind the line of scrimmage which counts as a sack for the for the offensive line and and I'm sure that the offensive line's going to talk with Kyler and be like hey
1: man like I know the the sack stat might not matter for you but it matters for us either get past the line of scrimmage or get ran out of I think they lost a yard and they're at the one so it was just Like, throw the ball away, you know? Well, that, that too, there was another one on a first down where
0: I think it was like in a, in a two minute drive. He's running down, he's got the ball in his outside hand, which is what you're supposed to do. He gets out of bounds before the first down marker. Play gets reviewed. They overturn a first down. It came third and one, I think is what it was. They ultimately, I think they converted, but it was a, it's a play that you would like to see Kyler make a first down. There was also a couple of plays early in the game where he took off and ran, and you could tell that he's very, very conscious about not taking hits, and he slid just shy of the first down marker which, you know, ultimately, if you can, you want to, you know, try and get the first down. So I think this is a really good learning experience for Kyler. Um, You know, they didn't win. They didn't lose. Um... This is a good game for him to go back and watch the film, him and Cliff to watch the film together and see the areas of improvement, some of the things they did well, and try to figure out these game plans and and, and get rid of some of the things they don't want, maybe add some of the things they do really, really well, hone in on those plays in certain situations they do well and
1: stick to that script. I I heard you on Doug and Wolf, and we'll get to this in a sec. Um, The Lions didn't bring the most intriguing defense to the table especially late and that kind of allowed that 18point comeback when you look at Kyler and how the air raid operates and reading defenses what did you see as far as how well he was making decisions how quickly he was making decisions and whether he was I guess seeing the right things making the right plays so the air raid is
0: interesting because the air raid is is great against zone coverage when you're when you talk about the air raid, what you're doing is you're raiding zones. You're you're flooding a zone. You're getting a bunch of receivers into one area of the field. They can't cover them all. Now, one of the things that a lot of college teams do and a lot of NFL teams have been doing lately is playing a lot of man-to-man coverage. It wasn't too long ago when you played man-to-man coverage. That was like almost taboo in the NFL because you felt like if you play Larry Fitzgerald man to man or you play play Calvin Johnson man to man or you play some of the, you know, uh, AJ Green man to man, they're going to have a field day against your corners and they're going to make all kinds of plays. And when these teams started to, to, to introduce the zone read and the RPO, the run pass options, those are all plays and schemes that are designed for zone defenses, zone read. And so you can't just sit back and play zone because guys like Peyton Manning and Eli Manning and Matt Ryan and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and all these great players are going to pick those zones apart and you're going to have wide open receivers. So what you've seen as of late is a lot of teams say, forget it. Let's play man-to-man coverage, maybe have some zone principles on the back end. Let's bring a lot of pressure. Let's try and confuse the quarterback. Let's make him get the ball out of his hands, and let's make him throw low-percentage throws. And if they're going to make plays, it's going to be contested plays. It's going to be go routes. It's going to be comebacks. It's going to be crossing routes. They're low-percentage plays where it's basically the corner, Or the wide receiver, who makes the play? And in order to have your guy make the play as a quarterback, you have to put the ball in a position to give your player a chance to make the play. And that's where we've seen the back shoulder throws come into play so much. That was one of the things that Kyler Murray really struggled with yesterday. They got a ton of one-on-one opportunities with Larry Fitzgerald. They got a ton with uh, Christian Kirk. They got a ton of one-on-ones with Kashawn, uh Johnson. They, they had one-on-one opportunities, and many of those times, Kyler just didn't put the ball in a position for the receiver to either make a play or to get a pass interference call. So one of the things that's interesting is on every pass play, only four things can happen. A completion. An incompletion, an interception turnover, or a pass interference. Those are the only four things that can happen. In my view, three of those things are good. An incompletion, that's fine. Taking a shot. A completion is great, and a pass interference is great. But you're only going to get a completion, and you're only going to get a pass interference call if you put the ball in a position for the wideout to make a play. If you don't, the refs are going to say, hey, the ball's uncatchable. Let's let this thing go.
1: Mechanically, How hard is it to judge what he does because he's, I I think the Christian Kirk throw, he was throwing off his back foot when he probably didn't need to. He's moving around in the pocket. He's sliding side to side. Um, Is it easy to judge, like as a quarterback coach, what he's doing well and if he can clean up mechanics? Is it easy to read that when a guy is... So he's moving so much? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because also one of the things that you see in, in in you know some of their plays
0: is they're purposely letting defenders go. They're purposely letting a linebacker come free or they're purposely letting a defensive end come free because that's the guy they're reading in the run-pass option. Um, so that can be difficult. When you're throwing with guys in your face, that can be difficult. One of the things that stuck out yesterday was the number of batted balls. Yeah. So now that he's put that on film, Now every team's going to evaluate that and they're going to say, okay, look, if we're going to play man-to-man against Kyler Murray and we're going to bring pressure, if we can't get there, let's stop rushing the pass and let's put our hands up and try to knock the balls down because he has shown that you know, he doesn't do, a, he hasn't, he didn't do a good job in this game finding those throwing lanes or getting outside of the pocket and creating throwing lanes or staying inside the pocket to find those throwing lanes. So now that's
1: on film, I guarantee you teams are going to practice that all week long. I think I saw it even before they said they got tired. The Lions' defensive line got tired. Even in the first half, I think the second or third batted ball, you actually saw, I don't know which lineman it was, but they weren't even engaged with the Cardinals' offensive lineman. Um, and they got their hands up because they were free. do Do the Cardinals' offensive linemen need to combat that somehow by like making sure they're engaging the te- defensive linemen, even if the defensive linemen want to just get their hands up? Well, it can be difficult because when you're an offensive lineman and it's quick game, you know
0: your whole goal. Sometimes you'll even cut them. You trying to get their hands down. Sometimes you'll you'll you're expecting the ball to get out of Kyler's hand when it's quick. And so you're, you're, you're doing a chest punch or a gut punch. You're trying to cut, just to purposely get their hands down. And when the ball doesn't come out, there's nothing you can really do about it on the run pass options. There's also many times where the offensive line, they might not be engaged. The defensive line, they're blocking a run play. So they can't do anything about a guy who isn't being blocked, who gets his hands up and knocks the ball down. So you know, Look, I, I think what this is going to come down to for the Arizona Cardinals is they're going to need to find ways to create opportunities against man coverage to get Keshawn Johnson open, to get Larry Fitzgerald open, to get Christian Kirk open. It's going to be very difficult if you're going to ask Kyla Murray to stand back there with blitzes and different pressures with that offensive line and make a bunch of Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady type throws where it's one-on-one coverage and he's just dropping dimes, perfectly giving his guys a chance to make those plays. It's, I like some of the young players on the Arizona Cardinals, and I love Larry Fitzgerald, but look, there's a difference between guys like Antonio Brown and A.J. Green and guys like even Josh Gordon and, and some of these elite receivers who are going to make many more of those types of plays than I think you're going to see a Christian Kirk make or you're going to see a Kashawn Johnson. Make. They're good players. They're going to make plays and give opportunities, but I just don't think they're going to make those same spectacular plays and those same contested catches that you saw a guy like Larry Fitzgerald make or even a Larry in his
1: early days. Yeah, I mean, even the 41-yard catch I think was the one where Larry like made it with his fingertips laid out and it wasn't, you know, the prettiest ball, but I mean, he gave him a chance and that's what you do with Larry Fitzgerald on your team. Um I'll go out to a more positive note. What if you had to choose would be your what was the most impressive play from Kyler last night? Deep ball to Larry. Well, I think in that's overtime. I or? think
0: that's tough. I mean he made a, he made a couple great throws to Larry. Obviously some deep balls. He made a great throw to Larry Fitzgerald late in the game where he caught it and the, the Lions' safety did a great job knocking the ball out. That was a great throw under pressure. But I think the most the, the best thing that Kyler Murray did yesterday was. They really struggled on offense. They were getting booed. Everybody was upset. Cliff Kingsbury looked like he couldn't understand what was going on. Kyler seemed to be totally shocked by the fact that they weren't scoring points and they weren't finishing drives. So for Kyler to keep his poise and to keep his posure and to stay in the game and not get too frustrated, he made one frustration throw, and that was on the interception. You could tell that he was just tired of not making plays. He ran around. He forced a horrible throw through a bad interception on, on, on time when he was just trying to make a play. That's been something I've been talking on the radio a lot, which is one of my worries about Kyler is, He's had so much success, and, and when they don't have success, I could see Kyler trying to shoulder more of that and say, I'm going to make the play, and that means he's going to run the ball more, putting himself in danger. It means he's going to take more chances throwing the football, maybe making bad decisions because he's pressing to make a play, and that's what he did on the interception. Now, with that being said, I said it earlier in the podcast is, as a quarterback, your job is to make sure with four minutes to go in the game, you got a chance to win. And they had the chance to win, and Kyler made the plays then. The air raid offense and the spread offense is not designed for a condensed field. So for Kyler to to throw the touchdown pass um, you know, at the end of the game on a, on a pick play, sprint right option, and then for him to, to get the two-point conversion, I believe the two-point conversion was to Christian Kirk, right? Yep. Those plays down in the low red zone to Larry and to Christian Kirk can be very very difficult because you don't have a lot of space, you don't have a lot of room, it's a tight area, right? You don't you have to be pinpoint accurate on those throws. It's it can be difficult. And also everybody knows that down there on the goal line, you're going to run those pick routes. You saw the Patriots and the Seahawks do it a few years ago. You saw Hunter Renfro do it a couple years. Beckins, Alabama, in the national championship game the same exact play the Cardinals scored on for a touchdown. So it's not like that play was some like scheme nobody's ever seen or some creative play. I guarantee you Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions are sitting in their meeting right now pounding the table saying, how are we getting beat on a high school play? Everybody runs this play down here. But the point is, For a guy like Kyler Murray, who did not play well all game, to stay composed and to keep his composure and his poise and to be able to make the plays when it mattered, to me, was very impressive.
1: Yeah, I think the first half and then when they were down after that Trent Shurfield fumble recovery right at the goal line, I mean, you could criticize Cliff if you want, not handing off to David Johnson when they were getting some yardage and they weren't getting some space um, from the offensive line. Maybe he could have run it, um, and Kyler had some misthrows there too. But late in the game, back to that late goal line score and two-point conversion, um, how much does RPO matter when Kyler can run that close? Does that at least help as far as the ability for the error rate and a spread offense to score when you have that condensed field?
0: Look, I don't know if RPO is the good word because I, I think sometimes the RPO gets used too much. A lot of times, it's not an RPO; it's just a play action pass. Yeah, but they do run some RPOs. But as you saw yesterday, too, they're going to get called for some legal man downfield. So you have a guy, you have teams rock, blocking the run play. I think that's a a significant coaching point that we should talk about because in college, you're going to get three and a half to four yards. Your offensive line can get three and a half to four and a half sometimes that far down the field before the refs will throw a flag. In the NFL, it's one yard. Yeah. Your offensive line can get one yard down from there, anything past that on a pass play, they're gonna throw a flag. And it's something that they are are really enforcing. So I think that's gonna change some of the RPO game. Really what this co- anytime Kyler Murray can run, anytime he can be an athlete, and anytime he can create in my view, is a positive for the Arizona Cardinals. Everybody is worried about Kyler Murray's health. Everybody is worried about how many hits he's going to take. Everybody is worried about all of those things. In my view, if you're Kyler Murray and if you're the Arizona Cardinals organization, you can't worry about that. You drafted him knowing exactly who he is. And in order for Kyler to give you his best effort and to give you his best shot at winning, you have to let Kyler do what Kyler does. And that's being a threat in the run game and the pass game. And we saw it yesterday on some third downs. And
1: we saw it in some crucial situations
0: yesterday where he made some big plays with his feet.
1: Yep. It's going to be... I think he has shown, you brought it up earlier, that he has... A good feel for when to get down maybe too good if we're talking about just getting that extra yard but he's protected himself even in the preseason we saw him go down when you know someone just went unblocked he's quick to the ground um he doesn't go seeking contact obviously because he's five ten and what an eighth three eighths whatever um that's positive and then like you said last night they actually yeah we very selective in using him in the run game. And it was at good points in the game. I think when we want to credit Cliff Kingsbury, it's they pulled out some stuff there where they're more aggressive with him, not just down the field, but using his legs. So I think that was interesting little tweaks there and Larry Fitzgerald too, using him in the deep game. Um, I think, Kent Summers of the Republic had a tweet that he hadn't had to catch over 40 yards since like 2015, so that's another thing that's going to be interesting to see how they use Larry.
0: It is. So some interesting stats from this game that I think are super interesting to talk about is, when when, when the Arizona Cardinals decided to fire Steve Wilkes and Mike McCoy and move on, it was all about, there's no creativity, this is a boring offense, we need we need the, the new generation of offense, we need the creativity. And look, I, I don't disagree with it all the way, but, but all I'm saying is, is, is we expected, I think everyone expected to see this phenomenon of an offense. We expected to see something different than what we saw. And when you look at it, on average, most NFL teams run between 80 and 85 plays a game. Now, in college, with the tempo especially, teams are running over 100 plays a game. So when you go back and you look at the stats... Let's not forget, Daryl Bevel is the offensive coordinator on the other side. He's a guy that's been in the NFL a long time. He's a local chaparral guy here in Scottsdale, Arizona. He's a guy who called the infamous play in the Super Bowl against the, the Seahawks Patriots. He didn't hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch. When you look at the stats from this game, total number of plays. The Arizona Cardinals had 82 plays. What did the Detroit Lions have? 80. So what does that tell you? The tempo didn't really make a difference with the number of plays. And that was overtime. Exactly. The idea is when you run tempo, you create easy looks by the defense because they can't get substitutions. They can't get exotic blitz calls in. They can't get exotic coverages in. But the idea with tempo is you keep the defense simple and you run a lot of plays. And the more plays you run, similar to shooting, the more shots you shoot, the more points you got, the more Opportunity to score points. The Arizona Cardinals ran 82 plays. The Detroit Lions ran 80 plays, and that was with overtime. So to me, the tempo didn't make a ton of difference. Passing first downs, Detroit Lions 17. Passing first down with the Cardinals 16. Rushing first downs, Lions 5. Detroit, uh, sorry, the Arizona Cardinals 3. Third down efficiency. The Lions were six of eighteen, which is bad. It's not very good, obviously. The Cardinals were nine of twenty-two. Just yeah. average, if you ask me. Not but but again, not terrible. Total yards, four seventy seven for the Lions, three hundred and eighty seven from the Arizona Cardinals, with I believe only, you know, a hundred and twelve of that yardage coming from from rushing. So, yeah. I think this ru- this running game is going to need to get better for the Arizona Cardinals and we saw it last night in some backed up situations and in some short yardage situations where they just had trouble converting in short yardage situations. So It's going to be really interesting. I think one of the the other stats that's important to talk about is Kyler Murray was sacked five times for 33 yards and there was a bunch of other opportunities where other guys would have gotten sacked where he made some plays and made some guys miss. But ultimately the Arizona Cardinals they're, they're going to have a hard enough time winning games as it is this year. They cannot turn the ball over. They cannot have crazy negative plays, which they had a couple yesterday. They just can't make those mistakes. So What's going to have to happen, in in my opinion, is Kyler Murray and the Arizona wide receiving group is going to have to figure out ways to consistently make
1: contested catches, to consistently beat man coverage, to keep drives alive. To me, I think the biggest takeaway when we go in with all that hype about Cliff Kingsbury's offense is... Look, there were so many jokes last night on Twitter and stuff about, hey, this is the preseason vanilla offense all over again. And to some degree, I disagree with that because there was a lot more motions. like They were hardly motioning at all in the preseason. Um, But beyond that, it it really is, and Cliff has said this, it's the same concepts are already in the NFL. He's not like this guy bringing all this new stuff. The tempo might be different. Um, The personnel groupings and how often they use him, obviously, is going to be different. And I think the most interesting thing is he changed what he was doing in the middle of the game for the better it seemed. And that's at least promising, right? That he's going to make mid game adjustments. He's going to hopefully have moves in a chess match to make for a different result and outcome. Because we, we were watching this in the first half and it's like, this is last year's opener all over again. Um, and then, you're glad that's why it's you're happy for a tie so I think that was my biggest takeaway is it's promising to see a coach even even if we're not super enthralled by that first three quarters he he made some adjustments
0: I don't disagree with that one of the things that we saw from the Arizona Cardinals offense in in week one that we didn't see a ton in the preseason yes there was different personnel groupings Yes, there was different formations. One time they motioned to a quad formation, which is a four-wide receiver set to one side. You don't see that a ton. It's very good. You want to get that stuff on tape because you're going to make the other team take up valuable practice and meeting time and walk through time preparing for just one formation and one personnel group they might not see next week. Those are all good things. They're also tendency breakers. We saw some exotic shifts and some different motions. We saw a couple option plays in the run game. One of them was, a, was a, I think, an explosive run by David Johnson on a run play. It was into double A-gap blitz. Usually you check out of that and throw the ball, or you have something else go. You don't run into it. They ran into it. Big-time explosive play for the Arizona Cardinals. So there was definitely some creativity. You talked about it just a minute ago about Cliff. He said he got too cute. He said, I got too cute, and and that doesn't mean I was too creative. It just means I just got too cute with some of my play calling. That might be true, but I didn't really see a ton of the the gimmicks and the trick plays. What I saw a bunch of is a bunch of one-on-one throws where they just weren't coming up with completions. Whether it was a guy not making a contested catch, whether it was a penalty, or whether it was Kyler Murray just you know not being accurate in his throws let's not forget he was 29 of 54 i believe it's only about 52 53% so look he he wasn't very accurate yesterday and that was part of the problem on why they couldn't sustain drives and and, and score points but for cliff to be able to make some adjustments or at least acknowledge the fact that what they were doing early in the game wasn't working and they had to make some changes to create some success to me is a very important thing and why i say that it might sound basic or trivial or like duh to some yeah. of fans out there it's not because in this world these coaches have massive egos. These coaches do not ever want to admit they're wrong. They'll point the finger at their players and say they're just not executing good football plays or good calls. It's on them to get it figured out. So ultimately, the way that I interpreted what, what Cliff said was, is guys, I'm not going to be a problem identifier As a head coach and the offensive coordinator, I'm going to be a problem solver, and I don't care if we're running the wishbone, the wing tee, the triple option, or the air raid. I'm going to get my players in positions to make plays and give our team a chance to win. And for a first-year head coach who had a whole bunch of questions around him and maybe more importantly is playing in a league where everyone wants to see him fail i thought that was very important and
1: and a sign of cliff's maturity going back to your point about what personnel groupings and setting things up on film for the next week's opponent which is the baltimore ravens who did pretty well against miami but it's still a big win for them um I mean, there was stuff in training camp that I saw, two back sets, stuff like that, that we didn't see, so that's kind of going to be interesting to see how this looks week to week, if the game planning looks that different, if packages are different, if plate calling's different. different. Um, I guess, what do you want to see looking at that Ravens game?
0: Look, this is going to be a very good test for the Arizona Cardinals. This Baltimore Ravens team is good, but not only that... This could be a very difficult game for the Arizona Cardinals, not just because of the fact that it's on the road. You're playing against a team in the Baltimore Ravens who just crushed the Miami Dolphins. They were explosive on offense. I understand the Miami Dolphins are terrible, but here's the thing. Most teams, let's say the New England Patriots, let's say the Miami Dolphins, let's say the Los Angeles Rams, they're going to have a harder time preparing for a team like the Cardinals because... They have their more traditional offense. They, they, they're still creative and they do things, but the Baltimore Ravens have a quarterback who's similar to Kyler Murray, a guy whose playing style is similar, an offensive philosophy that's similar. The way that they use Lamar is similar to how the Cardinals use or, or want to use Kyler Murray. The Baltimore Ravens use tempo. The Baltimore Ravens run a ton of RPOs and quick screens and gimmick-type plays. The point being is this Baltimore Ravens defense is seeing kind of a mere image of of Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals every day in practice since OTAs, mini camp, training camp, and so forth. And so I think this Baltimore Ravens team is going to be prepared for for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, and they're going to have a plan. They're going to have a plan to not let Kyler Murray beat them
1: with his feet. All right, that's all I got. You got anything else for us?
0: No, I think it was good. Thank you. Um, look this is going to be an interesting season there's so much there's there's so many questions I think one thing we didn't talk about today that'll be interesting to see next week is if Michael Crabtree is going to be active and if he's going to play he's a guy who understands this offense he's had a lot of success with it when he was at Texas Tech he's still a guy Michael Crabtree has always been known to be smart clean really good route runner quarterbacks love that obviously he's always been a good catcher of the football so it'll be interesting to see if Cliff King Kingsbury can work in Michael Crabtree this upcoming week and get him ready. Also, interesting that that Michael Crabtree is a guy who played for the Baltimore Ravens and he might have some intel as to what the Baltimore Ravens are going to try to do both on offense and defense. So, big week coming up for the Arizona Cardinals. Be very interesting
1: for Cardinals fans. If you've reached this point in the podcast, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. This is our first run. Um, We're going to get this up and running on all platforms, iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. We appreciate it. Thank you.